I tell you, my mom is uh, in heaven today, and she has been there with the Lord since 2000. So, man, 20, coming up on be 20 years in August that she went to be with the Lord, and uh, many of you today, your parents, your mom is in, in heaven, but I thank God for moms and grandmas that have taught us about Jesus, told us about Jesus, told us and taught us what was right and what was wrong. Amen. They didn't have to, you know, you don't have to teach a child to do wrong. That comes by nature. But we do have to teach them what is right and how to live right and how to do right. And I thank God for godly parents, moms and dads, that, uh, that set the example, that live the life, and that teach us and have taught us about the Lord Jesus Christ and to live for the Lord. We didn't always, I know I didn't, I didn't always do what mom said to do. Didn't always, you know, do what was right or live right. But what she instilled in my heart, her and my grandma and others in our family that what they, what they planted, the seeds that they, that, they, that they planted in my heart. Oh, praise God. There was a day that, you know, that, that seed came to fruition in my life. And uh, that's why I appreciate, appreciate, you know, moms and dads that will live that life and teach those kids. What a blessing, what a blessing. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to share some things with you. Now, I'm breaking tradition today, all right? I, I know, I know. I, every Mother's Day, I always preach a Mother's Day message. And, uh, but I'm, I'm breaking tradition today, going a little different direction. So if you will open your Bibles to uh, 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. I'm going to read a familiar verse of Scripture there and uh, share some things with you uh, from the Word of God that I believe is going to be a blessing and a help to you. My assignment today is to do my best to encourage you to build your faith today, to strengthen you in the Lord, okay? And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm intending to do by the help of the Holy Spirit. Because if there ever was a time and a day and a situation when God's people need some encouragement and some strength and some direction and some guidance, it's today. We need it. We need it. So in uh, 2 Timothy, and I'm going to encourage you to read this epistle of 2 Timothy this week um, or this afternoon or this week sometime. It's only four chapters and I'm going to preach I'm going to preach the entire book of first, or 2 Timothy this morning, and um, not the whole book verse by verse, you understand. But uh, we're going to bring, take a scripture from each chapter this morning and share some things with you from the Word of the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 1. Notice what Paul says, But know this, now, anytime he says, know this, we need to know this, okay? 
It's not something he's saying this mind. This is something he, the Spirit of the Lord, wants us to know for a fact. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous times will come. I want to talk to you this morning on some powerful promises for perilous times. Some powerful promises for perilous times. Father, we ask that you will take the word, your word, and let it be sown into the hearts of each one of us here in this service this morning. I'm asking you to open our ears, to open our hearts, to open our understanding today that the seed of your word will be planted within us. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and ask you to help me as I say what you want me to say, that you will give me the words to say today. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Brother Giles said he had a horn on his phone. He was going to honk every once in a while just so we would remember. (laughs) Amen. Well, praise God. This second epistle of Timothy, this is Paul's last epistle. This is the last letter that Paul was going to write. He's in prison at Rome and he's getting ready to... uh, He's getting ready to come to the end of his life. And he knows that. He's pretty sure that this is going to be his last communication. And uh, so he's writing this epistle, this letter to a young man his, um, who was a young preacher by the name of Timothy. It's pretty well known that Timothy was a convert of the Apostle Paul. He led him to the Lord and And uh, over his life, he groomed him. He was a mentor to him. Paul was a teacher to him. And uh, Paul knows now that he's nearing the end of his ministry. And so he's writing these two epistles. Actually, there's two letters that he's written to Timothy to encourage him, to encourage Timothy to continue to follow the Lord and to continue to preach the gospel after he's gone. He's kindly passing a baton, so to speak, to this young preacher. He's giving him instructions on what he's to continue to do in his ministry. Paul told him, I think in the first uh, epistle that he was writing to him, and the purpose of him writing to Timothy was so that he would know how he should conduct himself in the house of the Lord and in the ministry that God has given him. So here he is giving him some encouragement. He gives him a mandate in these writings to preach the Word, to be instant, in season, out of season, to rebuke and to reprove and to exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Paul gives Timothy the warning that says that the time is going to come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And I tell you what, I know Timothy dealt with that in his day, but we're dealing with it as well in the day that we're living in today. But Paul encourages him and tells him, keep preaching, keep working for the Lord, be a good soldier, endure hardness. And he tells him over and over to keep on keeping on. But then in this verse, that is our text this morning, he tells them, he says, but know this, 
That there's something that's coming upon the earth. There's something that's going to take place. This is something, Timothy, you have to know. And I believe the Holy Spirit, when he had Paul to pen these words, was thinking about as well and looking into the future as well to the 21st century and to the year 2020. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, we are where this verse tells us we are. We're in the last days. And he says, Timothy, you need to know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, when you look at that word perilous, that word perilous means hard, and it means difficult, dangerous, grievous. And there's something interesting, too, about that word perilous, is that it's the Greek, the same Greek word that was translated fierce when it talked about the maniac of Gadara, the man with the legion of demons, when, uh, when he came out to meet Jesus and it said that he was fierce. It talked about him being fierce. The same word that is used there is used here for perilous. So I guess we could say without uh, doing any injustice to the scripture that these are fierce times and I believe that they are. They're hard times. They're dangerous times. They're difficult times. They're, they're grievous times. And this describes not only what, what Timothy was facing, but this, I believe, also describes the day in which we are living in today. If you will go on and read chapters, our, our verses 2 through 5 in that third chapter, Paul gives a list and tells of, of the conditions that, there will, that we will see and that would come in the last days. Men being lovers of their selves and lovers of money and boasters and proud and blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors and headstrong and haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And when you read the description that Paul gives of the last days, it's just like you were looking at, at, at the daily news on, on, the, on the television or reading a newspaper or getting the headlines off of your computer. It describes the days that we're in today. And so Paul in the scripture gives us here a graphic description and a graphic picture of our world today. And I don't think anybody would disagree with me for me saying this this morning. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to be a, 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 a doom and gloom preacher because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something I think that will encourage you today. But listen to me, this world today is in a mess. Amen. I said the world is in a mess. Right now our nation is in a mess. We are in a mess. We're in a mess politically. We're in a mess economically. We're in a mess morally. And we are in a mess spiritually. And I'm going to tell you what, the only way we're going to be brought out of this mess is God's going to have to be the one that brings us out of the mess that we're in. That's the only hope for the church and the only hope for America is Jesus Christ and, and Him crucified and raised from the dead and what He's done for us. That's the only hope for America today, ladies and gentlemen. 
I know we're looking ahead to, to an election and everybody's talking about politics in an election. We need to be looking to the Lord Jesus Christ today and to this book today because that's where your answer and our help is going to, to, going, going to be found. Amen? Now, there's been perilous times in the past, and we know that. And I know people say, well, it's not just today. We've always had dangerous, perilous times, and I would agree with that. But I don't think that we have ever faced a day in America like the one that we're facing today. I think that we're all walking through some difficult, some, uh, some territory that we've never been in before. We've experienced things in the last eight weeks that none of us in our lifetime have ever experienced before. Um, you know, n there's not been a day like this day. Now, I know our parents faced, uh, our parents and the generation before us, they went through some hard times. And You know, my parents went through uh, the time of World War II. My dad was uh, in, in, in the service in World War II. My dad um, was um, uh, 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 fought in, in uh, he was in, in Europe and he was in France and Germany and many different places during World War II. And I, I'm proud that my dad, you know, he, he, was, he, was, he was fighting in World War II and laying his life on the line to protect us from what's trying to be done to us today. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I don't mean to get political on you this morning or anything like that, but we better as a church and as a body of believers of Christians had better stand up for what is right. There's been too much American blood that's been shed on foreign soils for the rights that we have today to let somebody take them away from us. Amen. My parents went through World War II and I've heard them tell the stories, you know, about uh, what they experienced, my mom and all of them, what they were experiencing while, while, that, while, while their, at that time, their boyfriends were over in service. But, you know, there was rationing that took place. There was gasoline rationing. There was certain foods that were rationed. Sugar was rationed. Um, I, I looked the other day and even tires were rationed. There was a lot of rationing went on uh, during World War II and a lot of things took place during that time. But you know what? They, they still were not, listen to me, they were not told that they had to close the doors to their church. They were not told that they couldn't come to the house of God and worship the Lord. As a matter of fact, it was during those times that the churches had larger attendances than they did at any other time. Somebody said that it was at that time that the Wednesday night prayer meeting was birthed during World War II because the church was coming together to pray for the servicemen and, and those who were fighting overseas and were praying against Hitler's Germany and was praying against the Nazis and what was going on. My Lord, listen to me. Yeah, there were perilous times before, but we're walking in a different, different area today. We're going through things, listen, that we've never faced before. They're dangerous times. They're scary times. When you think about, when you think about. Oh, and as I mentioned a while ago, one governor has said that their churches in their state could open up, but he's got a list this long of what they cannot do. One of the things being they cannot sing. When we come to church, we're going to sing. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to give Him praise. I'm trying to be dignified today. It's Mother's Day. 
But they're scary times. And ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing today is not the tribulation of Revelation, not yet. We're not seeing yet the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse of Revelation chapter 6, not yet. We're not seeing yet the rise of the Antichrist that's going to be a world ruler with a world government and a one world currency that will bring in a cashless society and all of those things and that will institute a mark where that no one can buy or sell except they take the mark of the beast and worship the beast. But what we are seeing, ladies and gentlemen, is a preview of that coming time. What we are experiencing today is a precursor to the Antichrist. What we are seeing today is the nation and the world, our nation and the world coming to a place where we are being set up for that very be that beast system and that one world government. We are in the place, ladies and gentlemen, today for that 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 beast, that man of sin, that son of perdition as Paul calls him, to come to the forefront with an answer to this problem and I'm going to tell you from what I've seen the last eight weeks people are going to follow him like lambs to the slaughter and that's what we are being conditioned for and set up for. Well, I tell you what, I'm a, I'm a pre-trib rapture guy. Come on, somebody. I believe, glory to God, I believe Jesus is coming for his church before that Antichrist is revealed. But I'm telling you, we're there. We're getting close. We're on the verge. We better make sure that we're ready to meet the Lord in the air. He's coming back. Amen. I'm about to preach the last point of my message already and I'm still in my introduction. We're living in the last days, folks. I think that we can say that and that's what Paul said for us, the, the Holy Spirit through Paul said for us to know. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. It's not going to get better. This is not our best life now, but there's a better one to come. Can I get an Amen. So we're living in those last days. But I can tell you this much, that Jesus is not in His last days. The Holy Spirit is not in His last days. The blood of Jesus and the Word of God are not in their last days, but in the midst of the troublous, perilous times that we're living in today, that God, your God, my God, is still God. I preached it to you last week that Jesus Christ is still the same. He's the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He will be the same forever. I still believe that in the midst of all this chaos today that God has a church and he's got a remnant and he's got a people that are on the rock, the solid rock of Christ and him crucified and that that 
church that is founded on Christ, it will not be defeated, it will not be destroyed, and the gates of hell may blow, but they will not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I'm a part of that church today. Can I get an amen? God is still on the throne, and God is still at work today. Hallelujah, do you believe that? And in these four chapters of 2 Timothy, in this book, in these four chapters, God gives us some powerful truths for the perilous times in which we're living in today. And I'm going to give you four truths. I'm going to hit you fast and we'll go, okay? Try, I'm trying. I really am trying. Chapter 1, 2 Timothy, go to chapter 1, verse 12. You know this verse. This is truth number one. In the midst of perilous times, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of scariness and frightfulness and fear-mongering. Oh, I had to say that. In the midst of what we're facing today, 2 Timothy 1 and 12, for this reason, Paul said... I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Did you hear what he said? For I know in the midst of perilous times, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded he is able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. Truth number one is this, church, that in the midst of perilous times, we still have the assurance of our salvation. In the midst of of a pandemic, I still have the assurance today in these difficult times that there is still something. In the midst of uncertainty, there is still something that I am certain of. There is something that I am sure of. There is something that I am confident of. And that's something that I know is and that's something that I am persuaded of is this. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Nobody can talk me out of it. Nobody can change my mind. Nobody can make me believe any different. I know today that I am a child of Almighty God and that I am saved and washed in the blood of Jesus and on my way to heaven. Can I get an amen? I believe I got some saved people here in this congregation this morning. Amen? I am saved. I, I, I positively, let me tell you something. You need to know that today. You can know that. We can know that we are positively saved and we know whom we have believed. And notice he said, notice the writer Paul did not say, I know in what I have believed. A lot of people are believing in a what. People say, what do you believe? What are you, what is your faith in? My faith is not in a what. My faith is in a whom. Amen, is that what he said? Hallelujah, for I know whom I have believed. See, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Your faith today or your salvation today, our salvation is not in a denomination. My my salvation is not anchored in a church membership. 
my salvation is not anchored in the fact that I have been baptized in water, and although I have. My salvation is not in something that I do. It's not in keeping some kind of a creed. It's not in keeping some kind of an ordinance. I thank God for when we have the Lord's Supper, but my salvation is not in taking the Lord's Supper or anything that I can do or that you can do. We need to understand that today, that we're not placing our faith in something. Our faith has to be in someone in whom, Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Hallelujah. I'm saved today because not of what I do or have done. I'm saved today because of what he, Jesus Christ, has already done for us at the cross. Amen. The whom that I have put my confidence in and my faith in, the one who picked me up out of that miry clay, the one who changed my life, the one who broke the chains and the bonds of alcohol off of me. You're looking at a man, you're looking at an individual, a person before you today that I couldn't help but drink. I wanted to do it all the time. But you're looking at somebody that it wasn't a church that broke it, it wasn't a church that changed me, but when I got introduced to a man by the name of Jesus those chains were broken and he set me free I know whom I have believed I can say that with the apostle Paul today amen Praise God, the hope of my salvation today and my hope and and confidence of going to heaven and of escaping hell is all because of my faith in the finished work of Christ and what He has done for me there. And Paul said here, I know whom I have believed. My faith and my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that I am saved in the midst of perilous times. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I know today beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am heaven bound. I know this morning that should the trump of God sound today, I will be caught up in the heavens to meet the Lord in the air. I know today should I lay my head on my pillow tonight and not wake up here in the morning that I will wake up in the presence of God that's something that'll get you through that's something that'll bring you through the perilous times today I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed to him against that day or until that day amen I've committed my eternal soul to him, ladies and gentlemen. If I've got to depend on me, to what I do to make heaven, I'm in bad shape. But I've committed myself to Jesus Christ. And I'm persuaded. See, we need to, I'm here to try to persuade you this morning. I'm persuaded that what I've committed to him, he's able to keep. I've committed my eternal soul to him. Well, let me tell you something. If I'm going to believe him and trust him to keep my soul, then I can believe him to keep me through a pandemic. Then I can believe him. Oh, come on, somebody. I can believe him to keep me in the middle of, of perilous times. And it may get worse in the future. And should the Lord tarry? Should the Lord tarry? It will get worse. It's going to get worse. So listen, we're in... Oh, God. We're in the birth pangs that Jesus talked about. We're in the beginning of, uh, the beginning of sorrows. When Jesus talked about it 
in Matthew chapter 24. And he began to talk. Jesus said that there was coming. They asked about the signs of his coming and the end of the age. And he said that there, would be, uh, that there would be famines and there would be pestilence. What we've just experienced is a pestilence. There would be earthquakes in diverse places. And he listed a num- numerous things that would take place. But Jesus said that this is not the end. When these things come, this is the beginning of sorrows. This is the birth pains. This is the beginning. It's the labor pains. It's the starting. It's, it's bringing us up up to that point. So we know from what we're seeing that, that we're in those labor pains. Well, you ladies, you ladies who have had, you moms today, okay, I'll make this a Mother's Day message, all right? You, <laughs> you moms have all went through childbirth and you've went through labor and you've went through birth pangs and you've went through those contractions. And you know how those contractions are, those labor pains are. They get real severe, then they ease up. They come back and then they ease up. But the closer it gets to the birth, the closer the pains get together and the more severe and the, and the stronger they are and the harder they come. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Listen, this is going to ease up. But listen, listen, there's something else that will be just out there ahead. This is going to ease up, but this is not over. There'll be more birth pains that will come and we better understand that we're in the last days and we're living in that time before the coming of the Lord and we better make sure that we know who we have believed and that our life is hid with Christ in God and that he will take care of us through all that we're going through. Amen. I'm secure today in him because my faith is anchored in in him and his precious blood. Amen. He's keeping me today. Oh, hallelujah. I love that old song. Was it Fanny Crosby? Fanny Crosby, which is she write? Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation. Purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. I don't know if I got it all right, but that's, that's biblical. Amen? But this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Thank God for the blessed assurance that we have, that we know Him. Hallelujah. And I'm persuaded today that no matter what comes, no matter what go, goes, hallelujah, that whether it be life or death or angels or principalities or things present or things to come or anything at all there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus I am persuaded in the assurance of my salvation hallelujah that'll get you through the pandemic right there but truth number two let me move on truth number two is this Powerful truth for perilous times. Secondly, look at chapter number 2 and verse 1. What Paul says to Timothy. You therefore, my son, listen to it. Be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Be strong. Truth number 2 for perilous times 
is that we have access to His strength. Hallelujah. We have access to His strength. Notice, He told Timothy, be strong. Do you know, I, I got out, I pulled out my old Thompson chain the other day. And, uh, and looked up in the back references of that on strength and being strong. Do you know there's a bunch of scriptures where the Lord has told us over and over again. We're always talking about the fear nots, but there's a lot of places where He's told us, admonished us to be strong. To be, to be uh, strong in our faith and in our walk with Him. See, listen to me, church. This is not the time to get weak, spiritually speaking. This is not the time to, for our, this is definitely not the time for our faith to weaken and to grow, to grow weary in well-doing. And there's a, there's a verse of Scripture, you know, I, I, it just come to me and I, I, it was, I think it's in the book of Daniel. And you can correct me, I'll check on it maybe later, but I believe it's in the book of Daniel where it says, talked about the, the Antichrist or the, the, the enemy the, that Satan would try to wear out the saints. And can I tell you something that's exactly what's going on today? We're in those perilous times when the devil and the powers of darkness are trying to wear us out and wear us down. But this is not a time for us to get weak in our faith. This is not a time for us to throw in the towel. Enduring perilous times requires spiritual strength. And it's amazing today that there are so many that are weakening and so many that are caving in. But we have to be strong. How are we going to be strong? What did Paul say to Timothy? It wasn't you just buck up little young man and you just be strong in your own power or in your own might. No. But, he, but notice what he said. Timothy, you be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. See this, oh hallelujah, this is where your strength comes from. Your strength comes through the Lord Jesus Christ and it comes not from your ability, not from your intellect or from your power or talents, but your strength, my strength today comes through the grace. It's in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me today, church. I'm not leaning today on the arm of the flesh. I'm not leaning to my own understanding. We can't afford to do that. I'm not trusting in my own plans or my own agenda. We've never been here before. None of us have walked through what we're walking through right now. But there is an almighty unchanging God that is all powerful and God God Almighty was not caught by surprise through this pandemic. His grace is still real. His grace is still sufficient. And I'm like the Apostle Paul said. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Not by what I can do, but by His grace is how I'm going to make it through. My strength is in his grace and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? When we face the things that we're going through today, we've got to be strong. Paul said it's be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. When Paul faced that thorn in the flesh, 
and that messenger of Satan that buffeted him and attacked him and and he prayed three times. The scripture says that he besought the Lord. He pleaded with the Lord three times, take the thorn away. And the Lord didn't take the thorn away. But the Lord did tell him this, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I'm giving you the grace, the ability, the strength, the fortitude to be able to stand and to walk through this situation you're going through with victory and to come out on the other side with victory. So this truth that we look at today, the second truth that will get us through perilous times is be strong in His grace. His grace is His ability. We think about grace. What is grace? Well, grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserving favor and goodness of God and ability of God that's given to undeserving man. There's not anything you can do or any works you can do to merit the grace of God. If you have to work for it, it's not grace. Paul said that in Romans chapter 4. Amen? Is anybody here today? But it's the unmerited favor. And grace is not, you know, I, I don't have time to go into the hyper-grace stuff and, the, and, the, and the, the, the greasy grace teaching that says that grace just means that you can live any way and do anything. That's not what it's all about. But His grace, listen, His grace not only reaches down and saves us and brings us into the family of God when we're undeserving, but it's His grace that gives us the strength strength and the power and the ability every day to live for Him and to stand true to Him and to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That is enabling grace that strengthens us in the Lord. Come on, amen. Isaiah 35 says this, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, are fear, fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. And if there's a message, I believe God is speaking to His church today. It's ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of this pandemic, be strong. Do not be afraid. Get anchored in Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm still saying the song of John Newton from so many centuries ago. His grace has brought me safe thus far. His grace will lead me on home. I'm strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Hallelujah. But truth number three, let's move along. You all used to get and leave at noon lately, so we'll try to hold to that today. But truth number three for perilous times is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. He says this, and that from childhood, he's telling Timothy, this is a good, this is a good uh, scripture for moms too. Kind of goes with Katie's song. That from childhood, 
You've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You know this verse, all Scripture. All Scripture. That's Old Testament Scripture, and that's New Testament Scripture. All Scripture. It's given by inspiration of God. Or it is, it is God-breathed. All the scriptures. This book is breathed. God-breathed. And it's a living book. It's alive today. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete and thoroughly furnished in all good works. The third truth today, the promise and the truth for, power, uh, for perilous times that we need is this. We have in perilous times, thank God, we have the authority of the Scriptures. I don't know about you, but I'm glad in these times we're living in that I've got the Word of God. It may be chewed up a little bit, amen, but we still got the Word of God, amen. You know, we have, we, have, we have experienced the shutdown of everything. Entertainment has closed down. Amen. I'm, I'm shouting about that. Sports has been shut down. Except for the St. Francis County Raceway. I don't know. I'm not going there this morning, okay? Hallelujah. But major sporting events have been closed down in the last few weeks. The business world has shut down. And the devil thought that he would just shut the church down too. And they've tried to do that and we have been closed for a while. And church buildings have been closed and Live church services have been shut down for a while. So there's been a lot of shutdown. There's been a lot of things that have been closed. But I'm going to tell you something this morning, Abundant Life Family Church, that this book, this living, breathing book, this infallible, inerrant, almighty, all-powerful Word of Almighty God, has not been shut down and it will not be shut down and there is no devil that can shut it down. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul said that the Word of God, they put Paul in a prison and he said, but he said this, the Word of God is not bound. Oh, Herod tried to, he killed James. He tried to kill Peter. But praise God, you read on later on there in that, in that 19th chapter of Acts, it said no matter what they tried to do to stop the church, that the Word of God continued to prevail. And I'm here to tell you that they can't stop the Word of God. They can't, they can't put it up. They can't lock it up. They can't lock it away. But we have today this infallible book today. I'm telling you, there, there is an... Somebody says, well, there is no absolute truth today. Everything's just relative. I'm telling you today that this is the absolute truth today. There is absolute truth. Hallelujah. And it's not what we hear 
on CNN or NBC or CBS or even Fox, amen. But the absolute truth that we have today comes from the pages of this word. This is God's book. This is God breathed. This is God inspired. He's given it to us as a manual to get us to heaven, my friend. And we one day will be judged by this book. So we better take time to hide it in our heart. If there's something that's going to get us through these last days, if there's something that's going to bring you through perilous times, it's the infallible God-breathed word of almighty God. His word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. Woo, hallelujah, amen. Oh, thank God. This Bible is as powerful as it's ever been. And everywhere that it's read, and everywhere that it's preached, and everywhere that it's believed, and everywhere that it's acted upon, the power of God is unleashed in that place and in that individual life. Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. I don't know whether you know it or not but it's not because of who I am but I am unleashing the power of God into your life this morning by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. His word is power today. Hallelujah, and if you will receive it into your life, this book will get you through these last days and these difficult times. We have the authority of Scripture, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible is still the Word of God, and the devil can't stop it, and economic crisis can't stop it. Hallelujah. COVID-19 can't stop it. Nothing can stop the Word. Isaiah said that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Isaiah also said, so shall my Word be. Or God said through the prophet Isaiah, so shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Hallelujah. Jesus himself said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away David said forever O Lord your word is settled in heaven and your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path Job said I've esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food Jeremiah said your word was found and I did eat them and they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart I'm talking about a book today that you have in your possession that will build your faith and strength in your life and get you through the perilous times of these last days. Read it. Amen. Read it. Read it. Put it into practice in your life. Woo. Oh. Remember when we was kids? I was thinking about this the other day. Old Sunday school song when we was kids. You sang. Some of you are not as old as me. B-I-B-L-E Yes, that's the book for me I stand upon the Word of God The B-I-B-L-E Anybody ever sang that? Oh, hallelujah! Well, if there ever was a time to stand upon the B-I-B-L-E It's the day that we're living in today You need the B-I-B-L-E 
Oh, man, I'm telling you what, there's so many apps out there and, and, and audio Bibles you can get that are free. There's no excuse for nobody, for anybody not having the Word of God. Plug it, plug it in. You know, we see, we see everybody going around, walking around with these earbuds in. And I don't know what they're all listening to, but I'm sure it's not the B-I-B-L-E, a lot of them. But put in a good uh, audio Bible and listen to the Bible. Listen to the Word. Hide it in your heart, as David said. It'll get you. Listen, the Holy Scripture, we have the authority of the Holy Scriptures as a great truth today and as a promising truth, a powerful truth to get us through the perilous times. But let me close, let me close, let me close. I, I just have a problem. When I get on a point, I, I just can't stop. But last of all, the fourth truth that will get us through these perilous times is found in the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy in the eighth verse. I want to read, I've got the eighth verse down, but I want to read the sixth through the eighth. Chapter four. I told you I was going to preach through the whole book. Well, I started in chapter one and now we're in chapter four. Chapter four and verse six. For I am ready, Paul said, being I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all, notice, who have loved His appearing. The fourth truth that will get you through the perilous times, we've had, listen, the assurance of salvation, the access to His strength, the authority of the Scriptures, but number four, the anticipation of His soon return. The anticipation of the Lord's soon return. Ladies and gentlemen, when you read these verses here, verse 6 and 7, in those two verses, Paul speaks to us as it likens himself to a sacrifice. He said, I'm being offered up. He then likens his life to that of a sailor. And he says, the time of my departure is at hand. Then he likens himself to a soldier. And he says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And he likens himself to a sprinter and said, I've run my race. I've run my course. And then he says that he has kept the faith. He likens himself to that believer, that saint of God who has kept the faith. There is laid up for me, he said, because of, of keeping the faith and running the race and fighting the fight and staying true to the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, there is something that is awaiting me. There is something that is laid up for me and that is the Lord has laid up for me a reward in heaven, a crown of righteousness that he will give to me and not just to me, not just to the apostle, but there's a crown awaiting every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, every one of you that are saved today, he said there is a crown of righteousness that is for everyone who loves the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to go on record to you this morning.
I want to go on record and I want to let you know that I'm looking for his appearing. I want to go on record today and let you know that Jesus Christ is coming soon. I want to let you know that Paul said it is the last days. It is perilous times. But praise God, I'm not looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. I'm not looking for the mark of the beast. I'm looking for a crown of righteousness that the Lord has prepared for those who love him. Oh, praise God. Praise God, praise God. He said that he's laid it up for all those who love his appearing. That word appearing, do you know what that word appearing means? The Greek word there translated appearing means to step from behind the curtain and to step on the center stage. It was used of an actor when the curtains were pulled back and that, that actor or that opera singer or whatever would step out into the center stage and the spotlight would be upon them and them alone. Can I tell you that is what is getting ready to happen. The curtain of heaven is getting ready to be pulled back and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, is getting ready, ladies and gentlemen, to step, step out on the center of the stage again, and the spotlight is going to be put upon Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. You know, they may mock him now. They may call us names as Christians today. They may say, and I know a lot of these folks today, a lot of these liberals love to get rid of us Holy Ghost filled, but blood-bought saints of God. But I tell you, they just hold on for a minute. We're going to get out of their hair before long. We're leaving here very shortly because the Lord himself is coming back with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and you and I, the saints of God that are alive and remain, shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord forever. Jesus is coming back and he's coming soon we're in the last day and I love his appearance I'm longing for his appearance I'm, I'm, I'm seeking for him looking for his appearing amen oh hallelujah hallelujah when he steps out ladies and gentlemen he's coming back in his full glory we will see him Again, as he is. I saw some time back, I'm closing, some time back, someone had a post. It was, before, it, was, it was long before all of this pandemic started, but there was a, I don't know who was protesting, marching, there's so many of them. But there was a protest somewhere one of the guys had a sign and he said mocking the second coming of the Lord and the sign said this if Jesus comes again we'll just crucify him again now not this time Whew. he ain't coming back like he came the first time I want you to know the devil couldn't stop him from coming the first time. And politicians like Herod couldn't stop him from coming the first time. 
And there wasn't any king on any throne in Rome or anywhere else that could stop him from coming the first time. And I've got news for everyone today in the United States and in the world. And I've got news for you as a church. There ain't nobody that's going to stop him from coming back the second time. He's getting ready to split that eastern sky. He's getting ready to come back. And he'll come back crowned king of kings and lord of lords. He's not coming back to be whipped. He's not coming back to be beaten. He's not coming back to be ostracized. He's coming back in all of his glory and with the holy angels of God with him. He's coming again. Hallelujah. We're leaving here very shortly. Woo! Well, come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, worship team, will you make your way back? He's coming, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody said, well, I've heard that all my life, Brother Rick. I've heard it for 40 years, 50 years. Heard it all my life, and I have too. But you know what? If you've heard it for 40 years, we're 40 years closer. If you've heard it for 50 years, we're 50 years closer than what we were 50 years ago. You could just mark it down, folks. He's coming. Matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, one of the signs that he is coming is the very fact that so many people are saying he ain't coming. Was it Peter that said, scoffers will come, mockers will come. When? In the last days. That mockers will come and they'll say, well, where's, where is all this promise of His coming? We've heard that all of our life. That's one of the signs that He is coming, that they're mocking the very fact that He's coming. Amen? Jesus even said in one of His parables that just before He comes, that there would be many that would say, the Lord delays His coming. And they would begin to eat and drink with the drunken. They would begin to live ungodly lifestyles because they would give up on the hope, the blessed hope of the coming of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you there's something that's getting me through these perilous times, ladies and gentlemen. There's something that's getting me through no matter what the government tries to do, or shutting us down, whatever they try to do. I'm going to tell you I've got a truth that's embedded in my heart today. I've got the assurance of my salvation. I've got the strength that comes from His grace. I've got the authority of His holy word. And praise God, I have got the assurance and the knowing today that He's coming back on the silver clouds of glory to take His church away. We're going to be with the Lord. Brother Rick, is this pandemic a sign of the, of the coming of the Lord? Well, there are actually, when it comes to the rapture of the church, he's coming as a thief in the night, ladies and gentlemen. He's coming to get his church in the moment and quick twinkling of an eye. And he will not appear to everybody. Some people will wake up one morning and turn their Fox News on or their CNN or whatever they watch or turn their radio on and there will be a headline that will say, there is a strange disappearance of millions of people from all over the world have vanished. What has happened? And I'm telling you, 
There'll be some that have played around with church and played around with God. They'll know immediately what has happened. The Lord has come to rapture his church and they were not ready. If there's one thing I can tell you, is this pandemic a sign of the coming of the Lord? There doesn't have to be a sign for the coming of the Lord. He can come today. He can come tonight. He can come at any time. But he said, you and I must make sure we're ready for the coming of the Lord. He's coming for those who love his appearing. Those who are watching and looking for his appearing. Those are the truths that's going to get us through. I don't know what's coming in the days ahead. But I do know this. That in the, in the near distant future, there's a trumpet that's going to sound. And the sky is going to split wide open and the Lord is coming back for His church. Those two angels stood by the Lord when He ascended from Mount Olivet. Two angels, one on each side. And all of those people that were watching Him ascend were looking up to heaven. Paul said He appeared at one time to more than 500. That could have been this time. They were all looking, watching Jesus go up to heaven. The angel said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? For this same Jesus, this same Jesus that you see going into heaven shall so come again in like manner as you've seen him go away. Jesus comforted the, the hearts of his disciples the night before his crucifixion and said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again. Oh, hallelujah. And I will receive you into myself that where I am, there you may be also. And then he's told them in 16 and 16 of John, yet a little while and you will not see me. And again in a little while you will see me. John on that Isle of Patmos when he had received the vision, the book of Revelation, he saw the Christ in his splendor. He saw the heavenly city. He saw the new Jerusalem. He saw the walls of jasper and the gates of pearl and streets of gold and the crystal river. and He saw the splendors of what is to come and he saw that throng of saints around the throne of God worshiping the Lamb and praising the Lamb. And he heard Jesus say, Behold, I come quickly. And his response was, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. 